0: Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800 247 3051. Now, here is our Bible teacher Tom Cantor
1: in uh, in verse uh, 22 and um yeah, well, that's where we're going to start even though there's no paragraph marker on my bible 22 but anyway it doesn't matter so okay genesis 17 22 that's where we are okay let's pray father thank you so much for your word what a wor- wonderful word you've given to us lord a word to to teach us and to guide us, and a word, Lord, that tells us what we're to do and helps us to do it, Lord. And such an encouragement this morning, Lord. Encourage our hearts as we study in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 17, 22. Okay, here we go. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. And Abraham took Ishmael, his son, And all that were born in his house and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in in the self same day as God had said unto him. And Abraham was 90 years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin in the self same day "...was Abraham circumcised, and Ishmael his son, and all the men of his house, born in the house, bought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lift up his eyes, and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground." and said, "'My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, "'pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. "'Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, "'and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, "'and I will fetch a morsel of bread, "'and comfort ye your hearts. "'After that you shall pass on. "'For therefore are ye come to your servant.' "'And they said, "'So do as thou hast said.' "'And Abraham hastened of the tent unto Sarah, "'and said, "'Make ready quickly.'" Three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and young and gave it unto a young man and he hasted to dress it and he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. Well, well, you know. All right, so here we go. So now, in our last study you remember how we saw how verse 22 of chapter 17 was really a division in it. Everything broke with these words in verse 22, and he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So chapter 17, you remember, started in verse 1, where God appeared to Abraham, and it says there in verse 1, when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham, and God appeared to Abraham for the purpose of revealing himself to Abraham. And what he wanted to do was to reveal first this personal covenant that God was making with Abraham. So we saw in verse 4, you remember, how this covenant involved Abraham becoming the father of many nations. And that was so monumental that in verse 4, we read, And as for me, behold, my covenant was with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations." That was so monumental that in verse 5, we saw how it warranted for God to change Abram's name to Abraham, which means a father of a multitude. But neither shall thy name be any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Then we saw in verse 9, how God commanded Abraham to keep his covenant. And God said unto Abraham, "'Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee and their generations.'" And Abraham wondered when he first heard that, what was the covenant that that he was to keep? In other words, God says, you've got to keep my covenant. So Abraham is standing there ready. Okay, so tell me, what's the covenant? And so in verse 10, God went on to explain to Abraham exactly what the covenant was that he was to keep. He said in verse 10, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee, every man child among you shall be circumcised. That's the covenant. Now, keeping now you know we read this and we say yeah all right, circumcised okay that's the practice. But just keep this in mind that when God told this to Abraham, circumcision had never been practiced before. No one knew exactly what was going to happen when you cut off that part of the body. Am the person going to bleed to death. After all, Zipper called it bloody. And and I want you to picture Abraham. As he hears this from God for the first time, God is calling him to cut off this part of the body. And it's, it's, it's not, you know, I want you to just think about it like you were there and you were hearing it for the first time and it's never been done before. And it's hard for us to think that way because it's so commonly practiced today. But just pretend, you know, for a moment that you're like Abraham. You've never heard of circumcision before. You never, you never it sounds outrageous, and you would say, you know, you're Abraham, and he's he's a circumcised, and you would say to God, you want me to do what? You know I mean? What are you talking about? You'd say to God, right? There's there's no obvious health issue involved here. It's not like it's an appendix that's ready to break, you know, or has broken, and you're going to die unless it's removed. I mean, Abraham could have laughed at that. He could have very well laughed and says, you want me to do what? What exactly are you talking about? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. There's no way that I would even consider to do something so foolish as that. You know, No one's ever done that before. And I'm not about to be the first one to do something like that. And Abraham, he could have said, you know, he could, Abraham could have taken the position of the German courts today, of the European courts today, like we mentioned last week. You know, Abraham could say, oh, that's, that's maiming the body. That's defacing the body. There's no way. But you know, what's interesting here is that Abraham didn't say that, and that says a lot about Abraham because it says a lot about who the father is, Abraham, that the father of many nations that we are called to follow. But that was a test for Abraham. Was Abraham going to obey God by doing something that appeared absolutely outlandish, foolish. Abraham was being asked to, to circumcise, it's very much like a person being asked to respond to the preaching of the gospel. Because, you know, when a lost person he, he hears someone like Billy Graham preach the gospel, and he hears this invitation that he's supposed to get up out of his seat. And he's supposed to walk forward and come forward. And that person has a choice. And he can sit there and he can get all indignant about him in himself and say, that's foolish. That's outlandish. I'm not about to make a fool out of myself and get up in front of all these people. I'm not going to do that. Or he can be like Abraham. And Abraham, he can be like Abraham. He said, foolish or not, it doesn't matter how foolish I might look to other people. God's called you to do it. I'm going to respond, cost what it will. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. And then in verse 21 of 1 Corinthians 1, it says, for after that in the wisdom of God The world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And when the world around Abraham heard about circumcision for the first time, they said, foolishness for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. For circumcision is to them that perish foolishness. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It pleased God by the foolishness of circumcision to save them that believe. So these words start out, verse 10 here, where where God says, this is my covenant which you shall keep. It didn't end with that verse. Verse 10 is not the end of it because it goes on. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And verse 10 was not the end of what Abraham was to do as far as his part, because he said, this is my covenant which you shall keep, Abraham. So Abraham is like, okay, I got my notepad out. What am I supposed to do? It was not only that every man child among you shall be circumcised. We saw that there, was, there see, there's also a verse 11 that goes part of it. Uh, verse 11 is also part of the, this is my covenant which you shall keep. And verse eleven is more details about the covenant that Abraham was going to commanded to keep. And verse eleven says, "And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you." Now that little word "ye" was very important for Abraham. (laughs) You shall circumcise the flesh in your foreskin, and so God was calling Abraham to circumcise himself. We can imagine when we look at this, of how Abraham thought to himself, you know, God says, you're going to circumcise yourself. And Abraham says to himself, you know, I can do this one, two, three, you know, one, hold my breath, two, stroke the knife, and three, someone catch me, I'm going to pass out. (laughs) But that was God's call. That was God's call for Abraham to circumcise himself and his son And all the males of his household, all 500 to 600 of them in one day. Uh, And like I told you, even Grossmont Hospital wouldn't try something like that. And this call for Abraham to circumcise his son and all the men in his household and himself was a great test for Abraham. It's a big, huge test. This is not untypical for, for Abraham's life with God. When you really stand back and you look at Abraham's life with God, this was just another one. Abraham was constantly being tested by God. He was constantly being tried by God. God was constantly asking Abraham to do the outlandish, the illogical, the the, the, the foolish, very difficult, like leave your country, leave your friends, leave your family in Ur of the Chaldees. Go to a place that I'll tell you about later. Yeah. <laughs> That's Abraham, who early he heard God say that in Genesis 12:1. Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And like believing God, that Abraham was called to do. Now he said, I'm gonna give you a son, like we're right here. Like 99 years old, your wife is 90, I'm gonna give you a son. And like sacrifice, that only son that comes. On Mount Moriah, this is Abraham, who later heard God say in Genesis 22, verse 2, and he said, when God said, and he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, get thee unto the land of Moriah, offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains I'll tell you about later. <laughs> By the way, that verse, Genesis 22, 2, God called Abraham, God called Abraham, Isaac, rather. God called Isaac Abraham's son, Abraham's only son. God saw Abraham as having only one son, Isaac. God never saw Abraham as having two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. So, but anyway, Abraham was willing to offer up his son. And so being asked to circumcise his son, his household, all five, six hundred of them, and himself was just another one of the tests in the life of Abraham. And when the question was, was Abraham willing to obey God? In every way, at any place, at any time, at any cost. That's what always was in front of Abraham. And so we saw in verses 15 through 16 that then God said, God might for the promise, you know, I'm going to give you a son. Sarah's going to have a promised seed. And verse, verse 18, we saw that Abraham engaged in replacement theology. <laughs> he tried to get Ishmael to replace Isaac. But in verse 19, 21, God said, no, have nothing to do with it. Isaac's the promised seed, not Ishmael." And that brings us now to verse 22, which is the great break in this chapter where he left off talking with him. God left off talking with Abraham. God went up from Abraham. Abraham's standing there alone. God's gone. So with verse 22, where it says, and he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham, Abraham is like standing there alone, and the ball's in his court at this point. You know, this verse 22 is very important where it says, and he left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham because Abraham is standing there alone and his future with God is on the line. His future with God is on the line. Verse 22 is very important where it says he left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham because Abraham is standing there alone with the big question before him, am I going to obey God? Am I going to keep his covenant or not? And with verse 22, he left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham. The spotlight has changed from God to Abraham and it's all a question, what's Abraham going to do? So from what Abraham does in the last five verses of this chapter, we see clearly brought out to us the attitude of, of Abraham that made Abraham who he was the man we are to follow as his children what we're gonna see in these last five verses what we have seen is we see clearly the character of Abraham that made Abraham who he was the man who were to follow as his children so in these last five verses we're gonna see the personality of Abraham that made Abraham who he was the man were to follow as his children these last first five verses would you just sum it up and just say it this way? The per, what we see in these last first five verses is the person of Abraham that made Abraham who he was. The person we are to follow as his children, and what it says, what it says all about who Abraham was is all encapsulated in the verse twenty-three, where it says, "And Abraham took Ishmael his son." Here's these words that just really bring Abraham out. The first word is the word took. Abraham hears this, and he takes. I don't know what that means, if Ishmael was not willing or not, but it just says it. Abraham took Ishmael, that first word, took. The second word, and all, and all that were born in his house. And the next one, and all that were bought with his money. And the next one's every male um, nobody escaped, among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised them, like circumcised the flesh of their foreskin, in the self-same day, we talked about it, as God had said unto him. See, these are the words, these words in verse 22, they're the words that paint the picture of who Abraham was. These words took He took Ishmael and all born in his house and all bought with his money. Every male among the men circumcised the flesh and their foreskin in the selfsame day. Those are the words in verse 23 that set Abraham apart as the man God tells us you'd be like him. You're children of Abraham. A 99-year-old man who believes God, he believes he believes that to obey God that he will be given the strength to do all things, including this task. A 99-year-old man who steps out to obey God and is miraculously strengthened in one day to take his own son and circumcise him, then go on to take 500 to 600 men and circumcise them. And then having seen the trauma of it all, to then, this 99-year-old man goes and circumcises himself and he does it all in one day. Now, how would you describe that? <laughs> Was it painful? Understatement. Was it debilitating? Well, let's just, let's just put it this way. In Joshua 5, there is a history of, of the Jewish people that didn't circumcise and then they were at Gilgal and they, they were all circumcised there. And the description It's very interesting. It says in Joshua 5, 8, and it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp, and it says, till they were whole. So what does that mean? That means circumcision makes a person not whole. (laughs) And, And did Abraham, did he love his son Ishmael? He loved his son Ishmael. We saw that in verse 18. Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael, may live before thee. He had a heart for Ishmael. He loved Ishmael. Was it hard for Abraham to hurt his son Ishmael with this circumcision? Of course it was. Of course it was. Wouldn't it have been easier for Abraham to have said to one of his servants, you do it? Of course it would have been. But God called Abraham, the father, to do this to his son. And the Bible says, that God the Father hurt God the Son for our redemption. In Isaiah 53, 10, where it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering to sin, he shall see his seed, it shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Was it hard for God the Father to hurt God the Son for our redemption? Of course it was. But Isaiah 53 says that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. But God the Father was willing, not only willing, he was pleased to bruise the son so willing to put him to grief. Why? So that he could open heaven's door to us to enable. Unless that happened, the, the enablement wouldn't have happened. What enablement? the enablement and the rest of Isaiah 53, 10. Thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. You and I never would be able, would have been able to make the soul of the Lord Jesus Christ our offering for sin unless God the Father was willing to hurt him, was willing to bruise him, was willing to put him to grief. And God the Father never would have been able to look at believers and see his seed, he never would have been able to look at, or he never would have been able to look at believers and prolong their days, give them eternal life, if God the Father was not willing to hurt God the Son, bruise him, and put him to grief. And in order to paint this picture for Abraham to understand what God the Father did to God the Son when he used the word gave, In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave him to be hurt so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In order for that picture to be painted, God called Abraham to hurt his son Ishmael in the circumcision. And later, God is going to call Abraham to hurt his son Isaac by offering him as a burnt offering. And when the trial will come to Abraham, that one, when that trial is going to come to Abraham in Genesis 22, 3, we're going to read these verses, these verse, this verse. We're going to read these words. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. That little phrase, and Abraham rose up early in the morning, That's Abraham. That's the description of Abraham. That when God had called him to sacrifice his his son, it describes it in the same way as we read about here. This phrase in the self-same day describes Abraham in Genesis 17, 23 and 26. And that describes the same Abraham when he was called to circumcise as he rose up early in the day when he was called to sacrifice Isaac. These phrases, they're so important because they describe Abraham's attitude, which is the attitude of the man described by King David in Psalm 112, verse 1, where David says, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. In Psalm 40, verse 8, David goes on, he says, I delight to do thy will." Oh, my God, yea, thy laws within my heart. That's a description of the attitude of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the mind of Christ. That's a description of it. And Abraham knew it wasn't good enough just to hear what God had commanded, but it was essential to do and quickly what God commanded.
0: Or you can email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor, that's T O M C A N T O R, Tom Cantor at FriendshipWithGod.org. Tom Cantor at FriendshipWithGod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Do you have a heart for Israel and lost Jewish people in America? Then come work in Southern California as a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries, reaching lost Jewish people with their Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hourly wage, 401k, health insurance, company car and phone, and other amazing benefits. Call us, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, israelrestoration.org.